Yeah, so tonight's kind of a cool night in a couple ways. Can we get someone to turn on the lights? I don't think I had a designated light person tonight. Um, yeah, it's a cool night. So Levensky and McKenzie, our worship pastors, have been gone the last couple weeks. So last week we had Ben and Christy come in and help us out, which was great. And then tonight we had some of our own uh, stepping up, uh, or Molly, Lexi, and Reagan, and then others as well. But it's cool to see new people jumping in and leading worship. So I, let's give them one more clap, because seriously, they need the encouragement. They're doing incredible. So, and then also we have some special guests with us tonight. So first, so Pastor Nick came a couple weeks ago, and I forgot to introduce him, so I want to do it tonight. So Pastor Nick and Ashley, they're back in the corner there. Give them a clap. So... They are the new pastors of Glad Tidings Church here in Cedar Falls, which is one of our partner churches. So we're so glad they're here tonight. And then also, the guy next to him is a student. I'm kidding. I made that same joke during prayer. It's not funny. All right, so it's Pastor Adam. And Pastor Adam was my youth pastor when I was in youth group. So he was, I think I was 18, he was 21, and we were just, we were just hanging out together in youth group. And uh, so he's also Molly's pastor, who's up here, and Derek's pastor, which he wasn't playing tonight, but back there. So, yeah, so Pastor Adam has had a huge influence on our group in a way where he hasn't actually been here, but he's been influencing people who have come to our group. So let's give him a round of applause. Yeah, so it's so good to have guests with us tonight. And uh, yeah, so I also just want to encourage you guys again, brotherhood, sisterhood. Some of you are probably thinking, what is that? Is that like a cult or something, the brotherhood? No, it's, a, it's just a night where we uh, split up into guys and girls. We feed you dinner, so that's something we do to try to bless you guys. And then after that, we split up and just have a time just to hang out with guys or hang out with girls and uh, talk about some specific things that just apply to guys or girls. So you do not want to miss that. And, and actually, so Emily's going to be preaching with the girls, and she can preach. So, so ladies, you got to be there for that. She's going to blow the doors off in that place. She's going to be so much better than me. Um, yeah, so sorry for all the announcements. One more. Um, so last spring I announced this, but for those of you who are new, I feel like I should, or should announce it again. Uh, we're actually going to be, be moving locations at the end of this month. So November 1st, we're going to be moving to Lang Auditorium. So pretty much every night we've been filling this place up. Like I said tonight, it's a little different because of Wind Symphony. You know, it's a blessing and a curse because everyone's getting saved in Wind Symphony, but it's also a curse because when they're gone, they're gone. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, typically we've been filling this room up. So we are just believing that God wants to keep making room for more. Like, you know what I talked about with the Spirit choose, or choosing to blow on our campus in a big way? Like, we're just believing that God's going to keep waking people up. And we believe that people are going to keep putting their faith in Jesus and new people are going to come. So we're moving to Lang Auditorium at the end of this month on November 1st. So you do not want to miss that night. It's going to be incredible. It's just going to be a celebration of what God has done. So, so let's uh, jump into the message. We are... And our sermon series, Who We Are. So we're taking five weeks to define who we want to be as a group. So I think it's important sometimes, like we just kind of jump into life and do things and don't really have like a reason why we're doing them. I think it's important to step back and say, hey, why do we do these certain things? Like, why do we have worship? Is it just something you're supposed to do, play music? Like, why do we have someone come up and talk to us for 30 minutes? Sometimes, like, way too long. Like, why do we do these things? So we've taken five weeks to talk about our values. So the first week was... We are followers first. So that's the reason we do teaching and things like that. We want to learn how to follow Jesus. And that's what we want to center our whole ministry on, on the authority of the Word of God, on the authority of Jesus Christ. So we talked about how God calls us to be followers first. Then the second week, we talked about how we are, are uh, in this together. And we talked about community and how God wants us to be a group who fully knows each other, but then at the same time, even though we know everything about each other, which that can be bad. Like, like you know everyone's problems, things like that. 
but at the same time, we still love each other because we're grounded in Christ. And God looks at us and says, you're more flawed and sinful than you, than you could ever imagine, but at the same time, you're more loved than you could ever dream. So we believe that, so we apply that to each other. Like, Jake, you're more flawed than you could ever imagine. I'm kidding. No, you are, just like me. <laughs> but you're more loved than you could ever dream by me. So that's what we want to have as a community where we know our struggles, we know each other's problems. Not that we're always like just pouring it out on Tuesday nights or anything like that, but, but where we get into life with each other, but we still love each other and we encourage each other. So now tonight, it's our third week, and if you want to throw this up on the screen, um, we're talking about how we are on mission. So that's the heartbeat of our group, to be a people who are on mission. It's our third value, and we are a community of people who are on mission to bring the good news of Jesus to all 12,000 students on our campus. We want to give every single student the opportunity to follow Jesus. That's why we exist. So to read the slide, it says this. It says, we love people. We don't see people as projects to be converted, but as potential new best friends. So that's how we do do evangelism. So evangelism is like sharing Jesus. We do it through relationship, through building friendships, through just having friends and then naturally telling them about Jesus. And it says, we believe that we were made to live on mission and are willing to do whatever it takes to give every person the opportunity to know Jesus. So that's why we exist. That's our third value. So five years ago, Emily and I were freshmen here at UNI. And I've told this story, I think, last year. So some of you just have to hear it again. But uh, five years ago, we were freshmen, and me and Emily helped start Chi Alpha. And the first night, I was playing drums back there, and there was like 15 people here. And it was cool. It was really awesome. God was doing something. And then at fall retreat that year, God just did this incredible thing in my life where he filled me with his Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't know what that means, we'll talk about it in a few weeks, so don't miss it. That'll actually be something we're talking about on our first night in Lang. So, but anyways, God filled me with the Holy Spirit, and then I got this picture of this entire room being filled up. So we met in this room back then. Since then, we moved to Schindler. Then that got closed, so we had to come back. But I got this picture of this room being filled up. And then me and Emily transferred away, like after our sophomore year. And I was like, well, that picture never really came true. You know, we had grown, but we hadn't grown that much. And I didn't know what God was doing. But then after two years of, of being moved away, uh, God called us to return here and to lead the ministry. And I was like, all right, that picture is going to come true. I believe it. And it's been incredible, guys, because that picture has been coming true every week this year. Like, like last week, I was just in awe as God was filling our room. like, holy crap. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> holy poop. I don't know if that's better. But I was just, no, it's not. <laughs> but uh, I was just sitting there, and I was like, wow, the Lord is faithful to his promises. And God is doing something. Like, God gave me that heart when I was a freshman for a reason, and God wants to give you that heart to reach every student on this campus. And guys, I'm telling you, it's so much fun to be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's so much fun to be a part of something that's bigger than just worrying about yourself, just going to class, getting your homework done, doing your thing, getting your degree. But to lay your life down for your friends and to believe that God can move in your day, that's what it's all about. To serve other people, to serve God, to give your life to something bigger than yourself. And that's what being on mission is all about. It's, or it's about giving yourself to, to something bigger than you, to giving yourself to God's mission on the earth. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than to bring life change to people. There's nothing better than to bring the love of God to your friends. You know, sometimes we share the love of God with our friends and they don't get it and they're just like, I don't get it. You know, nothing's clicking. But then you see this thing happen where it starts to click. It's like this born again thing that John 3 talks about happens. Then you see them start to see things and, and you begin to see their lives change. And that's what it's all about. That's what I want my life to be about. Seeing people's lives change. 
seeing people encounter the love of God. That's what I want our group to be about. That's why we exist. We don't just exist to be a Christian club on campus that everyone thinks is a fraternity or sorority. We don't just exist to be that group. We exist to go out beyond these walls and to reach students. I'm telling you, get ready. It's the next couple of years. God is going to continue to do what he's doing, and, and we're just going to keep growing. God's going to keep reaching people. Hearts are going to keep being turned on for Jesus, like the switch flicking on, and all of a sudden they get it. All of a sudden they can see the kingdom of God. They can all of a sudden understand things. That's going to keep happening. So buckle up. Let's go. Amen. All right, so this is our purpose. So tonight we're going to look to the scriptures to dive more into what it means to be on mission, to reach our friends, and to bring them to Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 5. We'll also have it on the screen. So, so the Gospel of Luke is one of the four Gospels, or if you don't know what Gospel means, there's two, there's two kind of uh, two meanings of it when I'm using it. Sometimes I'm talking about these four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that tell the story of Jesus. So that's one, or that's one way that the word gospel is used. And the other like, way it's used is just like the message of Jesus or how someone would be saved. So I kind of use those interchangeably. But, uh, but yeah, this is the gospel of Luke. So it, it's the story of Jesus' life and ministry. And here, or so here in Luke 5, we're jumping into the, or into the middle of Jesus', or Jesus ministry where he's proclaiming the good news or the gospel and calling people to repent and to turn to him. He's healing people. He's transforming his world and then in Luke 5, we jump right into the middle of this. So let's read it. Verse 17 is where we're going to be at. On one of those days as he was teaching, so as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with them to heal. So I really love this picture. I think we can just read this verse and keep going and just kind of like not see what's happening. But this is incredible what's happening here. People are coming from every village of Galilee in Judea and from Jerusalem to hear about Jesus, to hear Jesus teach and to encounter him. Wouldn't it be sweet if we could say, people were coming from, or from Ryder and from Norn and from Hageman and, and from Campbell and from even those houses down by the hill. We don't know who lives there, but down there by the hill. And we could say these people are coming from all these different places to see what God is doing on Tuesday nights at Chi Alpha. I want to see that, and I want to see the power of the Lord with us to heal. So not only physically heal people, but to heal people like emotionally and spiritually and to help bind people's wounds. I want to be a group where people are saying the power of the Lord is with them. And everyone's coming from all the villages of, of you and I. I'm believing that. Verse 18, And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him, or to bring him in because of the crowd, they, or they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed, through the tiles, into the midst before Jesus. So houses in ancient Palestine, which is where Jesus lived, often had external stairs that, that would lead to a flat roof. So picture this, these stairs up to this flat roof. And these group of guys are trying to carry a dude on a bed up a, or upstairs. I'm just like thinking of that picture. It's funny. I don't know. Just trying to carry this dude up these stairs, this paralyzed guy. Trying to get him up these stairs. And then they take the tiles and lower him through the roof. Like they cut a hole in the ceiling and lower him through it. That's how much they wanted to get him to Jesus. So I want to see someone cut the hole up here, just like lowering people in to the CAC. Like, I want to see that. If we're not doing that, we're not being obedient to Scripture. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but I want to see that kind of thing where the crowd is so big that people are just trying to find a way to get in here. People are, are slipping in through that door. People, I don't know what's in that door. I've never been in there. That's scary. All right, let's go on. Verse 20. 
And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. So they get him to Jesus, and Jesus is like, wow, those guys had a lot of faith. I'm definitely forgiving him. So, yeah, so that's pretty cool. So that's the passage. So the main idea tonight is this. To transform our campus with the love of God, we have to do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus. We have to do whatever it takes. Whatever God asks us to do, we have to do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Luke 5. God, what a cool story of some dudes getting a guy on a bed and climbing a roof and, and lowering him down through it. That's so cool, Lord. I pray we would do that here. God, I pray that, that the crowds would be so big that, that people would just be trying to get in, Lord. I pray that, you know, once we move over to Lang, that, or that we'd have to have like three services because there's no bigger room on campus. So there's nowhere else we can go. And we just keep having services because people want to just come and hear about you. God, I pray for tonight. I pray for every heart in this room. I pray that you would encounter each heart. God, I pray that if someone is dealing with anxiety or bitterness or depression or like maybe there's something physical, God, I pray for healing in this place. It says in your word that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So I pray for freedom in this place. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. All right, so I love this passage. If you can't tell, I'm pumped about this passage. I love their desperation to reach this man and to get this man to Jesus. They were willing to do whatever it took to get him to Jesus so he could find healing, so he could encounter God. We have to ask ourselves, can we identify with a man's friends? Are we like the man's friends? Do we do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus? Conviction of the Holy Spirit, because all of us are saying, no, not really, not like that. We need to get desperate, to get desperate about reaching out to our friends. We have to do whatever it takes Short of sin, don't sin to get your friends to Jesus. But anything else you can do, do whatever it takes to get your friends to God. We have to be willing to speak when God tells us to speak. We have to be willing to do something when God tells us to do it so we can reach our friends. So verse 18 says this, And behold, some men were bringing, bringing on a bed. Well, actually, I'm going to go back. So the first point I want to give, I got ahead of myself. The first point is this. We need to seek out opportunities to share our faith with our friends. That comes from verse 18, and I'll read that in a second. But, but get this down if you have a paper or a phone. We need to seek out opportunities to share our faith with our friends. And that comes from verse 18. So let's read verse 18. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. So the first thing this passage shows us about, or about reaching out to your friends is we have to seek to bring our friends to Jesus. We have to seek out opportunities to share our faith. We can't just go blindly through our day. Guys, I'm so guilty of this. We're just going blindly through our day saying, I just got to get this done. I got to get this done. I have this to-do list. I have this planner. Just got to get it done. Then I can watch Netflix. Madam Secretary, just saying, great show. <laughs> watch Netflix and then go to bed. No, we have to have spiritual eyes to see what is happening around us. I encourage you. Try this out. Like tomorrow in the morning when you go to class, or if you're one of those people who don't have classes till like noon so you can sleep, shame on you. But if that's you, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but get up earlier. Um, so anyways, while you're walking to class, pray and say, God, help me to see these people as you see them. The next time you're hanging out with your friends, you know, maybe you have some friends who aren't saved. And if you're honest, when you hang out with them, you don't really act saved. Is that any of us? Like you may act a little different around them. I encourage you to pray before you hang out with your friends and say, God, give me an opportunity 
to reach out to them. Give me an opportunity to, to love them with your love. God, give me an opportunity. We have to seek out opportunities. If we want to share our faith with our friends, and we have to seek out these opportunities. We can't just sit by and say, I hope someone comes and says, hey, tell me about Jesus. Now, for me, that happens sometimes because I'm a pastor. So, sorry. If you want to go to Bible college, then you can have people come and ask you. But a lot of times, people are not going to come to you and ask you. So, sometimes you have to seek out these opportunities. We have to be willing to seek them out. So, we hope to reach our campus. It starts with a heart that is seeking to bring people to God. It starts with a heart that is broken. Before you can even seek out opportunities, you have to get broken for your friends. This is the reality. This is what the Word of God says. I know this isn't something that sits well with us, and it shouldn't because this is a hard thing to grapple with, but people who do not know Jesus will go to hell. Eternal separation from God. It says in James 1.27, it says, every good gift comes from above. And hell is just separation from God. So every good gift is taken away. That's what hell is. Separation from God. Separation from every good thing in the world, whether that be water, food, if you're married, sex. Every good thing is taken away. That's what hell is. We need to be broken about this. We can't just go through life doing the same things we did the day before, just trying to get our homework done. Guys, newsflash, do your homework, but in 50 years, it ain't going to matter. When you're dead, your homework will not matter. I'm saying, do your homework, please. Like, I'm all about being a good student. But that should not be the God in your life. Jesus should be the God in your life. And if Jesus is your God, then that should change the way you think about some things. That should change the way you interact with people. So we need to start seeking out opportunities to share our faith. So how many of you love getting, or getting haircuts? Yeah, Richard? Yep. Proud of you, bro. I love haircuts. I don't like the process of getting a haircut. A couple of reasons. One, there's two things that can happen, and they're both terrible in my eyes as an introvert. The first thing that can happen is you sit there silently, and you're just both awkwardly like, hey, you're cutting my hair. And those are usually the, are the grumpy people. They just don't talk to you, and you're just like, okay, well, I hope it turns out all right in the end. So that's one thing that can happen. And then the second thing that can happen is they want to have a huge conversation. I don't, like, to be honest, like, naturally, I don't always love talking to people I don't know. I'm working on it. But it scares me sometimes. Like, I'm being honest with you guys. I'm being vulnerable. Like, there are times where I wait to get a haircut because I don't feel like talking to someone I don't know. I'm being honest with you right now. So anyways, I felt extremely convicted about this a few months ago, six months ago, actually. And I shared this story in the spring. I'm just, like, reiterating all the stories in the spring because you're all new. But, uh, but I just, like, I, so I was actually preaching on you know, reaching out to her friends. And I was like, Lord, I got to do better. So I prayed and said, all right, I'm getting my hair cut. It can't grow any longer. I got to go get it cut. And God, I pray that you give me an opportunity to share my faith with this woman. So anyways, I go in there. I prayed that prayer out in the parking lot of cost cutters by Walmart. And I walked in. I'm like, come on, Lord, I got this. I go in there and I get this lady who's super talkative. And she just begins to tell me about her life, tell me about her kids, her, her actually not husband, boyfriend, but they want to get married. But anyways, um, she begins to ask me what I do, and I told her I was a pastor on campus, and then she started to share with me how, how she grew up in like, a traditional church, but she like, hasn't been in church for a while, and she wants to get connected to church. And, and I just had the opportunity to share the gospel with her, just like I do here on Tuesday nights, to sh- you know, share the story of Jesus. And it was really cool to see her eyes light up as I shared that. And, uh, and that was pretty much it. Like Nothing else happened. I walked out, uh, but I was thankful for the Lord because I prayed, and then he answered the prayer. God answers prayers. 
I dare you to pray. Lord, help me speak to someone. He'll do it. So I go back, and I, like, every time I go in there, she's always there. She always wants to cut my hair, which is probably just to get the tip, but I don't know. But she always wants to cut my hair, and so I keep getting my hair cut by her for the last six months, and we continue to talk about Jesus. And then this last time that I went, it was last week, she told me, she's like, the strangest thing has been happening. Christians keep coming in and telling me about Jesus. I'm like, really? What is the Lord up to? You know, she said, there's a pastor from Parkersburg that's been coming in, telling her about Jesus. And she said that there's this guy who, kind, or this guy who came in who gave her a $100 tip and said, Jesus loves you, gave her a hug. And I said, who is this? You know, like, I thought maybe I might know him. And she told me that his name's Corey and is a PE teacher here in Cedar Falls. And I was blown away because I know Corey. I actually met him at a prayer gathering like two weeks before. So I said, really? I said, Corey goes to Heartland Church. It's a church, I don't know which direction, somewhere. It's over there. It's on Green Hill Road. So Heartland Church, and I said, hey, you should surprise Corey and go to, go to Heartland. He doesn't know that you know, you know what church he goes to, but surprise him and go there. She said, that's really weird. My sister goes to Heartland. I said, oh, really? <laughs> so I said, go and surprise him and show up there tomorrow, which I don't know if she did. I haven't talked to her about it since then, which I need to get a haircut to go talk to her about it, but so I don't have her number or anything. But anyways, God is moving in this woman's life. And it started for me, like my role in the whole thing, which God would have did it anyways without me, I believe, but, or but, or but my role in it was just to pray, Lord, help me to share with her. Think about if I had that heart all those other times I got haircuts, and I sat there like really awkward, just praying that it would get over. The Lord wants to move in the lives of those around you. That's the reality. But you have to be willing to partner with him. You have to be willing to, to be used by him. So it starts with just seeking out the opportunity. So 2 Corinthians 5.16 says this. It says, From now on, therefore, regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. So that may sound kind of weird, but think about it. Like flesh is like humanly speaking. So it says don't just regard people as just another human. Don't just view them as someone with skin and bones. Don't just view them as some other human, but, but view them as someone who has a destiny in Christ, someone who God loves, someone who God wants to make a son or daughter, someone who God wants to show his sacrificial love to. Paul says, do not walk to class, just listen to your headphones, just doing your thing. He says, don't regard anyone just, or just according to the flesh. Don't just look at them and say, that's another person, but, or, but look at them and say, God has such a plan for their life. There's so much potential there for them to follow God and to love him. And I want to be a part of bringing Jesus to them. I love this verse. We need to get this verse in our bones. So, or so how do we do this? How do we seek out opportunities to, to share our faith? So there's three things. I'll go through them quick. The first thing is we need to pray for opportunities. It starts with prayer. Just like I said with the haircut story. It started with a simple prayer like, Lord, give me a chance to share about you with someone. So start with prayer. The second thing is or look for the opportunities that God puts before you. So I like to call these divine appointments. So the haircut, that was a divine appointment. God set that up so I could share Jesus with her. So, so be on the lookout for those. You know, maybe someone will say, hey, what'd you do last night? Tomorrow morning when you're in class, they might say, hey, what'd you do last night? It's tempting to just say, oh, I hung out with some friends or, or kind of make something up so you don't have to have a spiritual conversation. But I encourage you to say, hey, I went to Chi Alpha. Can I tell you what that's about? And tell them about Chi Alpha and then tell them about Jesus. Just look for those opportunities. God is placing people in your path so you can share his love with him. So look for the opportunities. And then the third thing is, and I think this is the best thing, go make friends. It's always better to share Jesus with people that, or people that 
like already love and trust us, people who view us as a friend, people, people who we have relationship with. So be a good person, be a likable person and make friends, and then God will give you opportunities to share his love with them. That's the best way to reach people, I believe. So the paralyzed, the paralyzed man's friends didn't only seek out an opportunity, though. They didn't just seek out this opportunity, but they were willing to do whatever it took to get him into God's presence. They're, they were willing to do a difficult thing so that their friend could encounter God. So the second point tonight is this, or if we want to reach our friends, we have to do this. We need to do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus and to Christian community. I love how the friends did not give up when things got difficult. You know what? Like most of us would have did, we would have come in like, wow, it's crowded in there. Hey, we'll just take him to Jesus some other time. Bring the guy back, put him back in his room. Now these guys said, we are getting in that place. Jesus is in there. We got to get in there. We're going to climb the roof. We're going to cut the roof open. We're going to get this person in here because they have to encounter God. So guys, are we that desperate? I don't think we are. I don't think we are. You know, someone says, or we invite someone to Kyle for once, and they say no, and then we just give up. Or we never invite them to Kyle because it's too scary. Like, what's going to happen? They say no. It's not that bad. We have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus. You know, verse 19 says, But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, and they let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. This is beautiful. This is love. This is commitment. The friends loved him so much that they struggled up the steps to get their friend to Jesus. It kind of reminds me of 1 John 3.16. It says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for the brothers. So Jesus says, or John says, that, or that love is, or is laying down your life for your friends. These friends were willing to lay down their life, to set aside their comforts, so that their friend could get to Jesus. Do we lay aside our comforts? Do we sacrifice so our friends can get to Jesus? Do we? God calls us to show this kind of love to people. You can't just feel some feeling in your tummy and say, I love them. No, love is putting action. Love is doing something. It's not just feeling something. So if you really love your friends as much as you say you do, then you've got to start being sacrificial to get them to Jesus, whatever it takes. So if it wasn't for a friend like, or my mom's life that, that was willing to do this, that, that was willing to go the extra mile, then I wouldn't know Jesus. My family wouldn't know Jesus. You know, back in 1997, my mom and my dad were just dating. They had, or they were married at this point, they had uh, two kids and, uh, you know, me and Derek back there, and then other kids as well that are from, but anyways, I'm not going to explain all of it. There's five kids. Um, they had five kids, and, but they didn't know the Lord at all. Like, there's no one in their family that, or that really knew Jesus. And, and one night, my mom was drinking and driving. She had Derek in the backseat, just a little baby, I think like a couple months old. And uh, she was drinking and driving. She got in a car accident. She broke her neck. And then what happened after this is she got a halo on her head. So if you've ever seen that, it's like drilling holes in your, it's, it's messed up. So this big halo thing, you can look it up on Google or something if you don't know what it is. And she's in this state where she can barely like do anything. So she needed people to come and help take care of the kids. She needed people to come take care of her during the week. So she found four people to do it on four different days of the week, but she needed one more day 
to get someone to come and take care of the kids and, and take care of her. And, and there was a woman at the doctor's office who was a secretary. And to be honest, my mom didn't really like her. She was kind of annoying. And, uh, and she was a pastor's wife in the community. And, you know, no one else would do it. Like, God didn't let anyone else do it because, because God wanted Donna to do it. So, or so Donna volunteers to do this. Now, think about this. She gives up a whole day each and every week to care for someone that she doesn't even know. So Donna comes and does that, takes care of us, takes care of my mom, and just begins to build a relationship with my mom. And, and, and she shows how much she loves her by her actions of doing that. And then after, I, I'm not sure how much time, but, but after you know, such and such time, she had shared the love of Jesus. And then one night, my mom was looking out the window like in the kitchen, and she just made a decision to accept Jesus as her Savior. Then just a few months later, my dad got drugged to some men's event in D.C., or Washington, D.C., with the pastor, and then he gave his heart to the Lord. And then all of us, so for me, all I've known is the church. Like, all I've known is growing up with Jesus. Because someone was willing to sacrifice their comfort and their time for my mom. And she didn't do it as like a project, like, oh, I hope she converts because I'm doing this. No, she did it just because she loved her and just wanted to show her the love of Christ. And then God, or God saved her because of that. And then God saved my whole family. And now, like, all the people who are being impacted by Chi Alpha, like, it's a ripple effect. Like, like, if my mom hadn't done, or so if that lady hadn't done that, my mom hadn't poured into us, and my dad poured into us, then, then this wouldn't be happening. Like, it's, it's just crazy. The ripple effect that you can have on people's lives when you just, or just lay aside your own comforts and you love them sacrificially. I want to see that happening. Where we are a people who, who sacrifice ourselves for our friends. God's calling us to love our friends in our campus so much that we're willing to lay aside our own desires our own comforts. On Friday night, you just want to watch Netflix. Like, that's all I want to do. It's been a long week, but God might call you to go down the hall and spend some time with that person who doesn't have any friends. God might call you to go sit with someone else in the dining center who's just sitting by themselves. God might call you to, or to invite someone to Chi Alpha. So speaking of that, there's three things I think we can do to, to do whatever it takes, like, like this idea of doing whatever it takes. So the, the first thing, I've kind of alluded to this, but, or, but we serve and we love people even when we get, or get nothing in return. So if we want to get people to Jesus, we have to serve and love them even when we get, or get nothing in return. We have to lay down our lives. We have to be like Jesus. To, to be a follower of Christ is to be like Christ. So we lay down our lives for our friends. We do things even when we don't get anything in return. Like sometimes people are going to hurt you. You're going to love them and they're just going to be mean to you back. But God calls you to keep loving them through the fight. God calls you to lay down your life for your friends. The second thing is this. We got to get our friends to Tuesday night gatherings. Like it's not for attendance. It's not so we can fill this room up, although that's great. But it's because people need to encounter the love of God. And like one of the best spaces to do that is inside Christian community where people are, are worshiping Jesus, where the word of God is preached so we need to do whatever it takes to get our friends here on Tuesday night. So maybe that means like walking with a friend to Chi Alpha. Maybe that means you know, coming to prayer, but then afterwards run into a dorm to, to go pick up your friend and, and then walk with them here. Like, I don't know what it is, but, but, but we have to get creative on trying to get our friends here so that they can encounter God in this space. And the third thing, and this is, I think this is the biggest thing we need to grab out of these three things, is we have to get our friends to small groups. We have to get our friends to small groups. This can be a threatening space, okay? Like for someone who's never been in the church, I'm over here doing backflips. You know, Lexi's just yelling her brains out. And people might come in and be like, what is happening in here? People are raising their hands. Although I think it's good to get people in this space and we need to do that. 
I think an even better space is to get people into our small groups where it's just a few people hanging out talking about the Bible. We need to get our friends to small groups. So maybe this means going through your, or going through your floor before you go to small group and just inviting everyone and saying, hey, I'm going to hang out with some friends to talk about the Bible. Do you want to come with? Like you might be surprised who comes with you. Like we've seen it this year, people getting invited in the dorms. And people actually say yes a lot of times. Like people are looking for community. So go that extra mile to get your friends to small groups. And the third and final thing is this, and then we'll close. We need to trust Jesus to transform hearts. This is the third thing on how we do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus, or the third point of tonight. We need to trust Jesus to transform hearts because he loves our friends way more than we do. Jesus loves your friends more than you do. He knows everything about them. He knows every thought they've ever thought. Guys, he knows all just everything about you. He knows everything about your life. He knows all things. God's been there when your friend was born. He's been there through the friend's struggles. He sees what that friend is going through. Jesus loves your friend so much more than you do. It says in the word that God, or that God knit us together in our mother's wombs. Jesus knows your friends and Jesus loves them. So trust Jesus to do the work. Okay, so I, so I love it. In Luke 5.20, you know, the friends bring the friend to Jesus or bring the paralyzed man to Jesus but then Jesus does the real work, okay? 520 says this, and when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. So Jesus didn't say, hey, friends, can you forgive their sins? Jesus didn't say, hey, friends, can you change the paralyzed man's heart? Jesus didn't say, hey, can you guys take care of this? No, Jesus said, let me do the changing. Jesus said, let me change your friend's heart. Jesus says, let me forgive him. So what we have to do is we just have to do whatever we can to plant seeds in our friends' lives of, of faith and just pointing them to Jesus. We have to, to invite them to Chi Alpha, to, to invite them to small group, to tell them just about what Jesus has done in our life. And then we have to trust God to do the rest. We can't put it on ourselves. If you try to do evangelism and putting it on ourselves like, hey, I need to say this phrase better so they'll believe. Newsflash, no one's going to make a life-changing decision because you said something better. God has to come in and change their heart. It's not about you. Just be obedient. So, or so I love what 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 7 says. It talks about this. Or it says, what then is Apollos? So that's a man. It's not the space mission. Or, yeah. What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each, I planted, so this is Paul talking, and Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So, or so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. So just like I said, it's not about you. Sorry, like, be obedient, that's great, God will reward you, but you're not anything, but only God gives the growth. So the Apostle Paul points out that we are not in charge of people's growth. We are not in charge of changing people's hearts. All we can do is plant seeds and invest in people and give our lives to them and just love them, and then we have to trust God to change their hearts. See, Apollo watered the seeds, Paul planted the seeds, but God's the one who gave the supernatural growth. We need to trust that God loves our friends way more than we do and that he will give growth in due time. You know, maybe you're planting seeds right now that aren't going to be, be watered or grown for 30 years. I was talking to Josh about this the other day. You know, friends that he has that, that, or that he's investing in and just, just laboring over in prayer and friendship. Some of these friends may not grow for 30 or 40 years. Maybe they'll be on their deathbed and they'll say, I remember Ryan Black in college reaching out to me and telling me about Jesus and telling me about what he did in my, or what Jesus did in Ryan's life. I remember that. I believe in Jesus and then he gets saved. That could happen. 
So when you're planting seeds, don't think, is anything happening? Think, hey, I'm being obedient. So that's when you celebrate just by being obedient. Every time you share Jesus with a friend, every time you invite a friend to Chi Alpha, you can celebrate that because you were obedient. Now trust God to give the growth. So our responsibility is to look for opportunities to share our faith with our friends. We need to invite our friends to jump into what God's doing here and do whatever it takes to get them closer to Jesus. But then we have to trust God to deal with their hearts. This is what God is calling us to God doesn't expect you to be a superhuman or to start transforming people's hearts, but he just calls you to be a friend to people. God calls you to love people really well. Like, we should love people the best. Like, Christians should be the most loving and welcoming people on our campus. We should be the most loving and welcoming group on campus. We have to be. That's what God calls us to. God says if you are a brother or a sister in Christ, or it says in the Word, if you're a brother or sister in Christ, then, then you will love other people. If you truly love God, then you will love or love other people. We have to love other people. We have to be the most loving group on campus. And if you do that, if you love people really well, and you represent Christ to them, and you share your faith with them, and you have the opportunity, then you can trust God to do the rest. If we're faithful in these things, then God will be faithful in his job, and we will see people continue to give their hearts to Jesus. We will see it happen, I promise. We are faithful and obedient and we keep pressing in, even when it's tough, God's going to do his part. So if the worship team would come up, and we could get someone to dim the lights on your way down. No, it's, a, it's the other one. One over. Nope, one more. There you go. Nope, down. There you got it. I don't think you've ever done this before. <laughs> All right, so the main idea tonight is this. I'm going to throw it up there again. And just get this, guys. If you get this, I'll be happy. I know you're tired. I know you probably forgot some of the stuff I said. Get this point. That's why I give you the main idea, because I know some of you just want to do homework or take a nap during the rest of the sermon. So you can just write that down. You can look at it later and say, hey, that was a good sermon. All right, so anyways, the, the point is, to transform our campus with the love of God, we have to do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus. We have to do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus. So... I just love what the end of the passage says. So, or so we didn't read that yet, but, but we'll throw it up on the screen now. It's, it's from Luke, or it's from verse 25 and 26. So this is what happens at the end. It says, and immediately he rose up before them. So a paralyzed man stands up. Wow. A paralyzed man, a man who could never walk, stands up. We should get excited about that. God can do that today. The same spirit who raised that man up can raise people up all across this campus, people who are struggling with different things. God can bring dead hearts to life. This can happen on our campus. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on, and he went home glorifying God. I'm telling you, this campus is going to begin to glorify God. As people begin to get up and take their bed and walk home and praise God, God's going to start to be glorified. God's going to be glorified in such a big way People are going to start believing in Jesus. People are going to start being healed of things, of, of physical things, of, or of emotional and spiritual issues. And verse 26 says, And amazement sees them all. I pray that every person on this campus would be amazed. You know, they're not all going to believe, but I pray that at least everyone would be, or that everyone would be amazed. They'd say, wow, something amazing is going on. I don't know about Jesus, but I don't know about all that, but something amazing is happening. I want amazement to seize everyone on this campus and they glorified God, and they were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. We have seen extraordinary things 
today. We are seeing extraordinary things this year. We're going to continue to see it. You know, these friends, they, they did whatever it took. They did whatever it took to get their friends in the presence of God. We have to do whatever it takes. Our, our, our slogan is encounter God and grow with others. We should add to that. We do whatever it takes to get people to encounter God and grow with others. We have to get people into the presence of God, whatever it takes. We have to be committed to this. God is on the move, and the Lord's going to continue to move. And that's why we're moving rooms, because we believe God is making room for more. But we have to continue to be obedient and, and to continue partnering with what the Lord is doing. We have to seek out those opportunities to share our faith. And when we get those opportunities, we have to do whatever it takes to get them to Jesus. And then when it's all said and done, when you lie your head on your pillow, you trust Jesus that he loves my friend way more than I do. That's the key to reaching our campus. So I don't know where you're at in this room. I know it's, it's a Tuesday in the middle of the semester. I don't know what you're thinking right now. Maybe you think I'm crazy. I don't know where you're at. And I don't know your story, but, but what I do know is Jesus loves you so dearly. It's not just a song that you sang once in church back in the day. Jesus loves you so dearly. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what sin you committed just before you came here. I don't care what sin is on your mind. I don't care what struggles are on your mind. Jesus loves you so much. God knows everything about you. He knows every sin you've ever committed, but he still loves you. God knows every single dream you've ever dreamt, like at night, like every dream you've ever dreamt. He knows those dreams. You don't even know all your dreams, but God knows them all. God knows just every single hope deep down inside your heart, maybe some hopes that you've never shared with people. God knows those hopes. God knows everything. God knows all of our flaws. He knows all the good things about us. At the same time, he loves us so much. Tonight, God is calling us to know him first and foremost, to have a relationship with him. And then he calls us to go out and to reach our friends and, and to make him known to them. If you've never encountered God's love, I pray that tonight that you would encounter his love. Although each of us have sinned and we've just rebelled against God's design for our lives. We've totally blown it at times. God has not just left us to die. God sent his son Jesus to come and to die on the cross for our sins. That's not just something you wear on your neck. God sent his son Jesus to be brutally punished for our sins so that we could stand before God. And God could look at us and just see Jesus because Jesus already paid our penalty. Jesus died on the cross for each of us. And then better than that, he rose from the dead. So not only did he raise people up who were paralyzed, but Jesus defeated the shackles of death, sin, hell, and the grave, and he defeated it and got up and lived once more. And God can do the same thing for each of us. Some of us have spiritually dead hearts, let's be honest. Like we're not just there, or we're just not there with God right now. Our hearts are just dead. Maybe we haven't been born again. But Jesus can make you come to life. The same Jesus who we read about, we've been looking at gospel stories every week, just Jesus doing incredible things. That same Jesus lives today, and he wants to do those things on our campus. He wants to heal people. He wants to raise people up. God is on the move. You got to get excited. I know you're tired, but get excited. God is on the move, and he's going to keep moving. Get ready. Get ready. The, the next few weeks are going to blow your mind. I'm just going to speak prophetically here. As we get our group back, and as we prepare to go into Lang, the next few weeks are going to be the most incredible thing you've ever seen. I just believe that. 
I believe that God is going to just just honor all the prayers we prayed over the last few years. God is going to honor those prayers, and he's going to begin to do something great in our day. I believe that with all of my heart. So if you would just stand with me tonight. I just want to look at this passage shortly. I'm not going to teach it, but, but 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. This is like Chi Alpha's theme verse. So Chi Alpha means Christ ambassadors. So this is where we get it from. This is why we exist. We are Christ ambassadors. We are Christ representatives to our campus. So let's read it. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, then he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ then reconciled us to himself. So God restores us to himself, and then he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. So he restores us, and then says, go out and restore other people. In verse 19, that is in Christ, well, God was reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are Chi Alpha, ambassadors for Christ. So now the, or the name isn't as weird to you because you know what it means. Christ ambassadors. God making his appeal through us to our friends. God appealing to people, be restored to me through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We're going to proclaim that message with everything we have until my last breath, until our last breath, until Chi Alpha's last breath on this campus. We are going to proclaim, be reconciled to God. That's what we're all about. We are Christ ambassadors. We are on mission. That's why we exist. God is raising each of you, each of you. You are all called to be a part of this. I don't care if you aren't even a Christian yet. God is raising each of us up to go and reach out to our campus. You are here for a reason tonight, and I pray that God would grab your heart for the greatest mission that the world has ever known. I pray that you would let him grab your heart right now. Like if your heart's hard, if you're kind of trying to block God out, just, just surrender and just let him in. Don't block him out. Just let him call you to mission. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, I just want to have two ways to respond. So the first thing is, if you're in this room, but, but if you're honest with yourself, you're either like, have never like, accepted Christ as your Savior, like you've never had a relationship with Jesus, or you've never put your faith in Him, or if you once did that, but since you've walked away, I believe that tonight that God wants to make your heart come to life, just as He talked about in John 3, 3, and God wants to make you born again. I believe that. But all it takes is just trusting in him, just saying, God, I believe in you. God, I trust in your, or I trust in your sacrifice. So if that's you, if you want to put your faith in Jesus, I just want you to slip up your hand right now, just between you and God. Between you and God. See that hand. See that hand. Is there anyone else in this room? Is there anyone else? All right, that's incredible. We can put your hands down. So we'll pray for you in just a second. And then the second group of us, guys, I just want to make a commitment as a group that... We are going to go after this campus for Jesus. So I'm raising my hands. If you would just raise your hands to heaven right now and say, God, I'm committed to going after this campus. God, I'm committed to sharing your love with, or to sharing your love with my friends. I'm committed to that. God, see our hands. God, see our hearts. We want to reach our campus. God, we pray that you would choose to blow your spirit through our campus as you talked about in John 3. God, we pray that you would begin to make dead hearts come to life. God, God we pray that people would be resurrected and just on this campus, Lord. We thank you, God. Use us to do that. 
And now I want to pray for the people who raised their hand at the beginning for salvation. I'm just going to pray a simple salvation prayer out loud. And if you would just pray it with me in your heart, that'd be incredible. So God, we love you so much. God, we thank you that, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you that you look at us and you do see all of our sins and all of our flaws. But at the same time, you love us more than we could ever dream. God, we pray right now that you would change our hearts. God, we pray that you would call us into relationship. God, we pray that, God, we pray that we would have a relationship with you. God, we trust in your sacrifice on the cross and, and we trust in all that Jesus did for us. We thank you, Lord, so much. For this all in your name, amen.